Hello and welcome to the Love Advice segment, the podcast where I answer all your questions about queer love, dating, friendship, family and community. Send in your woes and I will try and bring some clarity to the situation. Hello, this episode I have a lovely guest. Um, Yaz reached out to me asking about coming on the podcast and we ended up deciding on doing kind of like a recorded session, um, like a reconnected dating session or like a matchmaking session. So you get a little bit of insight on what it's like to work with me. I'm really glad that Yaz reached out um, to do this together. We had a really nice chat beforehand and recording the podcast itself was really lovely. Um, I'm so grateful to her for her like honesty and generosity. I can't wait for you all to hear what we talked about. Oh, and Yaz is a diversity, inclusion, equality, equity advisor. So she works for companies um, and does like educational, informative sessions for them and also does lots of educational stuff on Instagram. Most recently, the Lesbian Week of Visibility series, which was very informative, so you should check it out. I will put all of the links to all of her stuff in the show notes and I hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Maybe we can talk about going to events to look for potential partners. So do you find yourself doing that sometimes? <laughs> um, so I've never really kind of been that kind of person who's like, I'm going clubbing, I'm on the prowl tonight, I'm mm. going like, out to get some, some action or whatever. Um, it's really not how I approach things. But I guess what I'm trying to do is do a lot more things outside of maybe not even necessarily outside of my comfort zone but just like putting myself out there a little bit more and being open to meeting new people mm. um whatever that looks like so I wouldn't say I'm necessarily kind of like on the lookout for relationships per se but I am definitely like in a I'd really like to meet more people whatever that turns into but actually you know I've kind of had quite set friendship groups for a very long time mm. so I am just interested in meeting people who are kind of outside of that and who have different maybe like approaches to relationships and who are doing kind of different things with that. And then um, I guess I'm just open to a lot of different things at the minute. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily looking, but... Um, but you're like happy to be out and meeting new people because um, if that if it does go that way, then that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely happy to be out just after the last <laughs> two years, like any excuse, <laughs> especially with like... Uh, you know, like the weather getting a bit better in London and stuff recently. And I can, I have, I put all my eggs in like the summer basket because things just seem to like come alive in summertime. Mm. Um, and there seems to be like a lot more events happening and um, people just doing fun things. So I feel like I'm gearing up towards that at the moment and <laughs> we'll see what comes. We'll see what happens. Hot boy summer. <laughs> the hot boy summer, that's it. That's the one. So can you introduce yourself? Ah, my name is Yaz. I um, have a certain age <laughs> that I shall not be <laughs> disclosing. I would identify as like a queer, yeah, a queer woman. Sometimes I say lesbian. I consider myself to be like a gender non-conforming woman. Would that maybe perhaps sit somewhere under the non-binary umbrella? Possibly. I like to say I'm on a bit of a gender journey at the mm. moment. So doing a little bit of exploring as to what that means. I had a very interesting conversation with, with one of my cis straight male friends actually the other day who 
was asking very much from a like positive place, just what like curiosity and wanting mm. to make sure, you know, they were like using the right pronouns and stuff. But it actually got me thinking because I'm so used to having that kind of conversation in like queer spaces that like actually having them with like cis people is like a very different conversation. And I got kind of almost, I guess, protective over that. Yeah. Um, so that was just an interesting revelation that happened the other day that I wasn't necessarily expecting because like I know that my friend was coming from a very like positive, inquisitive, wanting to make sure that they were like, you know, being uh, a good friend. But yeah, I got, that was just an interesting response from me that I wasn't necessarily expecting because I am quite open and proud of like everything that I am. Mm. I guess like because I'm still on a bit of like an exploration around that sort of thing. It feels like I just want space to do that by myself before I, I guess, let that out to the world. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I'm actually working on an event about questioning and like being in that space of questioning and like you said you very often don't want to have to explain anything to anyone just like okay I'm on this journey figuring it out for myself leave me alone (laughs) yeah even though you know people are asking out of kindness but yeah I so the other big thing is like I had recently have undergone like um um procedure called non-flat top surgery which is kind of like getting somewhere between a breast reduction and like your standard flat top surgery and I've been talking about it for a bit on like socials and like my website and stuff and I guess because I'm putting some of that conversation out there it's almost like I'm inviting people to ask questions and I guess to an extent I am but and like I do want to talk about these things more I do want to raise awareness but yeah definitely like you're saying like it's still it's still mine and I still don't really have any answers so <laughs> like yeah I kind of just want to work that a little bit more I guess before mm. I tell, talk to people or have solid answers for people or maybe I never will who knows yeah it's all good it's funny when your identity is to do with like your work online because you put a lot of stuff out there but it doesn't mean that you necessarily want to talk about it with everyone you're like okay I'm I'm being informative yeah um and sharing as much as I want to <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like I detach from myself when I put it out there, which is kind of weird because in many ways I'm only able to talk about that kind of stuff because I've never felt more like present in my body and confident and comfortable in who I am. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yeah, like when you kind of put it out there, I definitely forget that like other people actually read some of this stuff sometimes and, you know, fine, it might only be five people, but they're (laughs) reading it. Like that's kind of wild. Mm. Tell me about your dating life at the moment and in the past. <laughs> um, at the moment, I would say it is fairly in its infancy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like in the last couple of years, I've um, just come out of two kind of major relationships ending. And there was, you know, they're quite difficult. There's a bit of like overlap and um, you know, these were two very important people to me and kind of both relationships ending in like all kind of not even just like getting into weird complicated situations and stuff over the course of COVID and even a bit before that actually has just brought me to a place where it's like, okay, uh I'm kind of A, I need time to myself, definitely. Mm. And I need to I guess it's gonna sound so cheesy, but like develop a relationship with myself first (laughs) and then yeah like like I said about the surgery and stuff I feel like I'm kind of more confident in my body than I've ever been more comfortable in this space and just presenting as who I am and not that I've ever necessarily hidden who I am but just so I feel I guess a bit more open to 
meeting new people to putting myself into new experiences, some experiences that I perhaps have always wanted to try and not felt confident enough, but actually mainly just seeing what is out there now and who like I am. And I kind of, I'm not necessarily looking for anything. Like, I don't think I'm necessarily looking for definitely like nothing long-term or serious or anything like that. But I, I've always been the sort of person who like develops relationships out of long-standing friendships and they might be quite intense friendships to begin with and then you know it's almost like I know from very early on that this is going to be something quite serious and quite big Mm -hmm. and I haven't really done a lot of like casual dating or uh, definitely haven't done like many one-night stands or that kind of thing so not saying that's that that's now what I'm looking for Mm. but maybe like I don't want to be diving into anything serious definitely (laughs) yeah I think I just maybe maybe I don't even want to call it dating because I feel like that puts like a weird pressure on things. Yeah. So maybe just meeting new people and mm. that that's kind of as far as I go for now. That's fair. Yeah, no, I hear that. And what you said about how your past relationships have always kind of like come from friendships. Has that been always true or have you had any relationships that came in a different way? I mean, it's for the most part true. Like I would say maybe there's one or two, one maybe where we kind of, you know, there was maybe lots of chemistry or vibes and then we might have started hooking up. But really at the root of it was like quite like intense and in-depth conversations about like our lives and, you know, our histories and, and finding like shared commonalities and stuff. Mm. And so I'd say that they've pretty much, like even going back from to like my first forays into relationships when I was like 14, 15, whatever. Yeah, I would say that they probably... All been people who, yeah, there's been some pretty strong friendships or some like kind of really deep connection to begin with. And then the relationship kind of developed quite naturally. Mm. But like generally speaking, it's been a little bit of a slow burner and a little bit of like a, there might have been initial attractions, but it's taken actually a fair bit of time for like the actual relationship to begin and become something bigger. Mm. Yeah. And then, well, when you're in a place where you're not sure if you want to date, but you might want a date. Then it's like, well, I don't fancy any of my friends, so where am I going to find someone, <laughs> you know? Especially when those, like, transitions have been very organic. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with something kind of a little superficial. Okay. What are your deal makers and deal breakers? So <laughs> is there anything about someone where as soon as you find that out, you're like, oh, my God, yes, or like, oh, no, no, no. Deal makers. Yeah, I don't know that there's a kind of set deal maker in like the specific thing that I'm into. I was just talking to my friend uh, earlier today, actually, and we were talking about how we dated young people who didn't know what Buffy was and never watched Buffy. And I was like, I can't be doing that. (laughs) So maybe that's a deal breaker. You've got to be a Buffy fan um, and we need to be able to sit down and discuss some deep Buffy lore. But like, no, not really. I think I just, I like creative people and I like people who are passionate about what they're doing. And like, if we can vibe creatively on things and like work on things together or develop projects or talk about our interests, that's like what gets my brain going and everything else, I guess. Mm. Um, so that's quite a big thing, but like I don't think there's like set things. Deal breaker, like obviously if they're a Tory. That's the most <laughs> common one. It, I, I asked this question in the dating pool and everyone says no Tories. <laughs> Who's loving the Tories? <laughs> oh, oh. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you've you've already seen the questions, but this is the, the question that people usually hate answering the most. But I have a feeling you might enjoy it. What are some lovely, amazing things about you? <laughs> Why do you think I might enjoy that? <laughs> I don't know. You, you seem quite sure of yourself in that way. Not as not as British, maybe. <laughs> oh God. Uh, <laughs> So what you're saying is that I'm incredibly cocky and arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, surprisingly enough, actually, I find that a really difficult thing to answer. Like, I really, really struggle with accepting compliments or even just taking time to recognize that I have anything good about me, let alone, like, things that I that I kind of like about me. And like, mm. So it's definitely something I've been working on quite a lot in, like, therapy and stuff. And I think I am a very, like, empathetic person. Um, I care quite deeply about people and like not even just, you know, people who are my friends or close to me or whatever, but I think like of humanity in general and blah, blah, blah. But I feel, I feel like I feel people and I like to think at least that I'm quite good at like being observant about other people's needs and how I can like support that or address that. I like to, I'm definitely in a space at the moment where I want to, just to have the best life um, and and have a lot of fun and, you know, do lots of nice things. And they don't have to be, you know, wildly exciting things, but even just like, you know, the weather's been good for the last few days and it's just been very nice to get out with friends and do not very much, but just hang out. Mm. And, but also in some, in other ways, like I love the fact that, for example, living in London uh, offers us so many opportunities to do lots of great things. So I like to get out there and I think I'm quite spontaneous and proactive about like making things happen mm. um, and getting people together and stuff and just like making sure people feel comfortable. I don't know. I like to think I'm quite nice. I've got some lols. I like, I make myself laugh. I do. Yeah, I, I think you're quite funny. And um, I think, okay, so you said you're not a fan of compliments. What kind of compliments would your friends pay you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think they would say I'm funny, or at least they're always laughing at me, with me, who knows. Um, I think, like I said, I think they'd say I'm quite observant about, like, them and, and caring about, like, what they need sometimes even before they might recognise it or in ways in which other people, like, especially if we're, like, in a group setting and somebody's being a bit quiet or a bit standoffish, I like, I can, I'm quite good at yeah, bringing people into the space and making sure everybody feels welcome, or I hope so anyway. And I think maybe more recently, I think people would say that I'm quite maybe self-aware or like introspective. And mm. I've definitely, that's something that I'm absolutely working on and have put quite a lot of effort and time and money into my therapist. <laughs> in, so hopefully it's paying off. But I think, you know, that part of that also means that like I don't, I recognize that not everything I do is perfect, obviously, but I can take a step back and try and learn from the things and behave better or differently in future. And that's something that I'm really trying to focus on quite a bit at the moment. So hopefully that's, and I think it is something that people have said that they've recognized recently. And that generally just makes me feel like happier and probably a bit nicer to be around, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? I think you also dress really well. Oh God, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> Serve looks all day. <laughs> and what are some not so good things about you that, um, might come up in dating? So kind of a couple of weird ones. I think I am um, almost like the flip side of what the good things are um, can be negatives in certain ways. Mm. So I like, 
I'm very, or, or I find it very difficult to express what my needs are in relationships because I'm mm. so often so used to just giving in to what the other person wants and like obviously that in itself is not good but then probably what ends up happening is that that builds resentment because it feels like you know my needs aren't being heard and met and stuff and that then can obviously make things quite difficult and because I'm obviously then become quite unhappy so again through a lot of therapy that's something that I've started to recognize and try and be better about is like vocalizing and expressing that but it definitely doesn't come naturally to me because like learned behaviors and things like that Mm. I am oh god I mean I could probably the negatives actually are coming a lot faster than the positives unsurprisingly I am perpetually late but uh, I call that uh reclaiming my time so people can't get mad at me um or just tell me to like just lie to me and tell me that things start at the at like half an hour later earlier than they do and I'll get there on time eventually that's a good idea (laughs) but yeah I don't know I think I used to have phases when I was like you know partying and stuff quite a lot and sometimes that would mean that you know might be a little bit neglectful of partners but again I think that's something that I've um I'm trying to work on and address and yeah I think mainly just the main one about like not like feeling like I have to give everything to the other person and then not maybe allowing them to I don't know look after me or mm. be a partner to me and maybe not allowing space for that kind of thing yeah like not not receiving yeah being very giving but not receiving the not so good things tend to come much easier <laughs> <laughs> but I think in some ways it's kind of a good sign when you're talking about ways that you communicate that have been a problem in the past or kind of like patterns that you don't want to continue that you're very aware of them and sounds like actively working on them. How does it feel to share those things? <laughs> this literally feels like a, a therapy session. <laughs> Broadcast. Oh, God. Uh, no, it feels all right. It feels like a lot better than it used to. Like, I think there used to be a lot of discomfort about saying either positive or negative things about myself and maybe even, like, taking responsibility or ownership of the ways that like I've behaved previously or patterns and stuff but it feels like this year in particular and you know since I've come out for these kind of like quite major relationships and stuff I have made almost like a commitment to myself to say like okay what I like I don't want to recreate the same patterns again and again and I don't want to hurt people that I really care about so I want to give myself the time and space to actually reflect on some of these things and do some learning from some of these things mm. and make sure that, like, if I do enter another situation, regardless of how serious or how casual it is, that I'm being completely, like, upfront and open and honest about things, that I'm honest about, like, what I need from things and where I'm at and what I can offer other people. And because I never want to be the sort of person who's like, All right, I'm shut down to relationships, I'm not doing it, or I don't trust people mm. or whatever. But I guess I just, I do also at the same time want to be careful with myself and also with other people, but like with myself in terms of not just diving into things because they come up, like, you know, actually asking, are these things going to be good for me? Are they going to be good for the other person involved mm. or people or whoever? Who knows what's going to end up happening? But yeah, so it's it's kind of, I've made almost like a commitment to myself to be fully single or fully like at least not actively looking for like a relationship relationship Mm. for at least a kind of year-long period obviously like if something comes up and 
for whatever reason, I meet like the love of my life or whatever. But even in that situation, I think I would say, look, if you are the one, can you just hang out for six months yeah. and we'll see where I'm at then? I mean, this is the thing. I think when you have a sense of comfort and assuredness about somebody, it doesn't feel urgent anymore mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, okay, this is the person. Yeah. And like it, it's going to work out. It has to. Then, you know, it's not like, okay, we need to be together right now. We need to like move in together as soon as possible. It, it can be a bit more relaxed. But it sounds like you're in a really good place and a really good mindset right now. I, th- I feel like okay like considering I mean you know and life is always complicated and there's always like personal stuff and other stuff going on in the world and everything happening but I think my approach and attitude towards things is definitely different than how it's ever been in my life Mm. whether that's towards relationships or myself or like work or whatever and I've been doing a lot of like wanting to give myself space around things and to take time to you know do really kind of obvious things like sleep and eat properly and (laughs) not go out drinking all the time and yeah, boringly enough, it does pay off. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. <laughs> Sleeping in water, actually useful stuff. I wanted to ask you about your friendships. Yeah. So tell me um, a bit about the kind of dynamics that you have with various friends. If there's a particular role you tend to take on. <sighs> it kind of can maybe, I don't know, goes into a lot about like my relationship with myself to a certain degree. But definitely I've got kind of like core groups of friends and from like different periods in my life. And I feel like I have entered all of those groups as like, yeah, almost like the same character. Mm-hmm. And and then I feel like I have to maintain that character um, or I've had to maintain that character. So I'm always a bit of like, you know, the Joker, um, a little bit flamboyant and... Almost like, not like a spectacle, but like somebody who's kind of like always bringing the energy, always been like really extrovert and really out there, even though, so so like now when I tell people that actually I am a massive introvert and I, you know, that sort of like behavior and stuff was almost like putting on a mask or like putting, like stepping into character every time mm. I go into those situations with them. And so obviously I think that means that there's been maybe a little bit of a wall or a blockage in some of those friendships where it's like, people have this expectation of me as being one thing and so I have to be that thing all the time so I think it's only in recent years actually where maybe I'm being a bit more vocal about like the fact that obviously like I'm not just a one-dimensional like jester um (laughs) so like but I you know some people like there's been like no one's been you know abrasive against about it or anything no one like people are always obviously super receptive to that to to me being a bit more open and so I think it was definitely like me doing it rather than people expecting me to do it or mm. forcing me to do it. But yeah, it was just like, I mean, for some of my groups of friends who I've known since I was about 12 and it's like, you know, we're still the same group that I hung out with them like last week and stuff. Um, and so we see each other still quite closely, but it, it's very easy to revert to being like 12 year olds whenever we're together yeah. and f- us all falling into our little like roles even though you know we're all adults now and you know they have kids and husbands and wives or whatever and it's still like but why do we still behave like like little idiots um when we're together I love that you have that friend group that's so lovely I have people in your life that know you that well 
It's intense. Uh, yeah, we all um, went to boarding school together. And so literally, like, actually grew up together. First periods, first kisses, first times having sex, whatever it was. <laughs> we were, like, squealing schoolgirls, literally. So, yeah, they are literally, like, my family, that group of friends. Um, and then I've got a close group of uni friends as well. And then in London, I've got my kind of, like, queer crew uh, who, again, I've known for about 12 years now. And, you know, people come and go from the different groups and stuff. But um, like I'm definitely fortunate to have these like long-standing groups of people who have been through such like pivotal moments of my life as well, like mm. uh, and uh, formative moments of my life. And so yeah, like you say, like they do, in many ways, know me inside out. But then in other ways, I feel like with some of them, it's like we're literally meeting for the first time because I'm actually only in recent years being like my whole self or being a lot more vocal or honest mm. about like how I feel about certain things or. You know, with some of my groups of friends, it's only in the last couple of years that we've actually even only ever spoken about, like, race, for example, mm. or uh, in-depth issues about, like, my gender and, like, my relationships with people and stuff. And, you know, it's not that people have ever been, like, had a problem with any of that stuff. I've always felt super accepted, especially, like, the reason they are my friends is because it's always been chill and, and accepted and everything. But, yeah, I feel like it's maybe only in in recent years that I've kind of... And maybe sharing a bit more about myself and being a bit more open and having some of the difficult conversations that, you know, sometimes make people uncomfortable. But then we get through that and it's like we have actual kind of really deep friendships now, whereas mm. before it was almost like you take it for granted because we've always been there, so you'll always be there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so is this kind of like the first time that you've had close friendships like that since you've been recently trying to be more open? It kind of feels like it, yeah. Like, it, it's such a weird feeling, especially, I'd say, with, like, my old group of school friends because, like, we are literally, like, family. Like, we could not speak for years, and as soon as we met up, it would be like, but I know everything about you, and I know, you, mm. you know, all these different, like, like, I know your character inside out and stuff. Um, but, no, it has definitely been nice, I think, for all of us to be able to have some of these deeper conversations, and especially as we are, like, growing up and people are facing, like, a lot more adult situations and stuff with, like, you know, kids and family and parents and whatever. So, yeah, it definitely feels like a nice place to be in now. And and I recognise as well that I actually was... It wasn't necessarily that the, they, these people were, like, making me feel like I couldn't be open in things. I just had to get over whatever my blockages and issues were. Um, mm. And, yeah, so I've, I've done that now, and I feel like I kind of... Yeah, the friendships are definitely a lot deeper and a lot more like I, I hope for for them as well. Like that, there's there's like a richness to it. That, yeah. um, whereas before it was kind of like take it for granted because we're pals and we're always going to be pals. Yeah, we're just going to meet up every now and again, have dinner together, and that's it. Yeah, and like do dumb shit. Dumb. Can I swear? <laughs> be twelve. Sorry. Yeah, you can swear. Okay. Um, we can be twelve year olds again together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before recently, were in in your relationships, did you have that kind of closeness and honesty? So with my relationships, um, it's interesting because I would say that pretty much, yeah, everyone I've dated, I would say, are some of my closest friends or like most, some of them like my best friends. So in some ways, that's really great that I was able to, you know, and, and the fact that we were friends first means that that's kind of what it stemmed from. So the relationships that developed out of that were really deep and intense and sometimes felt like those were the only people that I could be my true self with or be yeah. really honest about everything going on with me and definitely the only people I could kind of really be emotionally honest with. So that honesty was probably like really 
targeted actually within those situations and those relationships and probably made them a lot harder because it meant that I couldn't, instead of like relying on friends for certain things and family for other things, like I don't necessarily have that kind of relationship with my family, so I wouldn't do that anyway. But like that that meant that like I was relying entirely on like one person to fulfill mm. all these different needs. And obviously that's like impossible. Mm. They were like your confidant, like the only one that you would be your full self with. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which is a lot for yeah. one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I, I don't know if you if this resonates with you, but in that situation as well, if you're going through something and you feel like you can't go to them because they're going through something, then it's like, oh, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> Definitely. You know, it, it's more than just putting pressure on that person. It's like when you don't want to put pressure on them, it's like, well, I, I'm on my own then. Yeah. And that kind of feels like, like, yeah, then I don't have anywhere to turn to. And then is that, does that, is that indicative of a bigger problem within this relationship? Because we aren't being support systems for one another. Um, and, but then I also only have a certain amount that I can offer or give you or a certain amount of support that I can give. And so then am I letting you down as well? Mm. So that gets complicated. And then on the, like relating back to that point around like the pressure, you know, then if somebody is like the only person who's like you're confident, but then like is getting things wrong or whatever, just because they all have their own stuff going on. Mm then you get frustrated or annoyed because they're not kind of giving you the responses that you need or the support that you need. And and again, like I wasn't even necessarily vocalizing well what I needed, but then kind of like expecting them to be mind readers to an extent as well. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just like, it was, uh, yeah, like all these things I'm kind of trying to reflect on a little bit more about relationships and stuff because it's like definitely patterns I do not want to repeat. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it sounds like the interesting thing about when you do start dating again is it's going to be a completely different experience because you're going to be coming at it from a different place socially. You're going to have like all of these other relationships with your friends that you didn't really have in such a deep way before and a completely different approach to the other person. So it's like a whole new game. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> excited to play. Oh my God, am I? I'm not excited, I'm terrified. <laughs> um, We'll see. That's yeah. okay. I think everybody's terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that um, sharing your needs can be uncomfortable for you. I'm wondering what is the best way for you to communicate something that's difficult for you to communicate in terms of like in person, by text? Like what's the best way for you to do it when it's something you really don't want to communicate? I love a, like, 10-page Ross and Rachel type letter. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no. Like, I kind of, and I, like, I find it very therapeutic. Like, I try and journal and do, like, I've been doing a lot of, like, video journaling recently. And so in some ways it is just, like, getting my thoughts out. But then I'll go back and, like, reread it. It's a great way, I think, of getting, expressing things and, like, going through your thought process very clearly. But then obviously because you don't have the, like, tone of things attached. Mm. So... Uh, you know, if somebody else is reading that and they're pissed off and then they read something, it, even though you might have meant it in a completely different way, it's kind of difficult. Like, you don't have control of that if you're not vocalizing it or not expressing that, like, in a way where you can explain things or put your intonation to things like that attached to it. But that is, like, normally what I've done previously. I don't know if it's the most successful way of doing things, <laughs> but that's mm. how I communicate. Like, with big things or, like, with, you know, if there's, like, a big issue that needs discussing, I'm trying to be better about like 
doing that face to face. But I also because I feel like I cave quite easily or I go, well, my emotions aren't valid. So I I'm just going to shut up and let you express what you need to express. And then nothing really gets resolved or I end up going like still feeling a bit resentful or a bit like I didn't say everything I needed to say. So that's why I found letters and stuff a more useful way of saying that because I can express everything I need to uh, without that the other person kind of coming back or being reactionary. Mm. But, yeah. Or you being put off by their reaction as well. Because, yeah. like, you can't back out of a letter. Like, it's, if you've written it down and you've expressed everything you want to express and you've given it to them, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> their reaction can't change what you share now. How has that been for, like, in... I mean, you said that sometimes people can, like, misread the tone and stuff. How has your experience been with doing that in previous relationships? Yeah, I mean, it varies. Like, there's some people who are very receptive to that and are very, like, you know, will then write their own 10-page letter back and then we'll just go on and write little novellas to each other. (laughs) um, Yeah, and I think that works because also it gives them time to, you know, like, reread things and... Maybe take some take a moment to if you know they're upset in the first reading, then they might read it again and be a bit, when they're a bit calmer or have had a bit more time to reflect. Mm-hmm. So I think it does definitely has have its uses. Um, but maybe what I'm think would be better in future, what I might try and do in future is perhaps do that. Maybe write one or two pages instead of you know, <laughs> ten to fifteen. Um, but then and then like actually discussing what's in there and, and kind of going through like what I actually mean by things or what my tone is and, and how mm. I mean things so that there is so I still have time to like express what I want to say. And it's it's down there and it's kind of listed and we can't like back away from that or avoid it or I can't just shy away and shut down. But then we're actually like talking about it and delving into a little bit deeper and like I'm able to also like explain things and the other person's obviously able to come back and explain like you know what their needs are and stuff as well Mm. yeah I think sometimes writing or texting followed up with talking can be really good especially when you I don't know like you could I guess you could put write the tone into the letter (laughs) like I am smiling as I write like stage directions (laughs) (laughs) receive this through a hopefully yeah (laughs) um but yeah you're right it is more difficult um and does this go for friends as well, like with sharing kind of difficult things with friends? Ah, um, with friends, I will usually get very drunk and then we get to the weepy part of the evening ah. and we'll have a lot of, I love you, I love you so much, <laughs> no, I didn't mean to upset you. And then we'll have an awkward text in the morning. <laughs> so kind of the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> like the feelings come out verbally and then you text to kind of like. Tidy, tidy it up afterwards yes, but only when extremely intoxicated <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um and then communicating on a regular basis what is your favored mode and are there any that you hate uh I think just like in general like regular conversation like mm. kind of back and forth with people I'm kind of into voice notes at the moment um yeah I have a, a friend who came who lives in Argentina and like she's she's a big into the voice notes, because apparently it's a thing out there. Everyone mm. does it. And so she'll leave me these, like, rambling, but beautiful, like, just, you know, delightful, whimsical, this is what I'm doing, this is my day, I've got a cup of tea, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, just giving you, you know, like a full rundown of what she's doing for about, you know, six minutes at a time or whatever. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm a fan of that at the moment. 
maybe not quite six minutes long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you what, a voice notes, but they have to be like one minute voice notes, one after another. Mm. And then I can respond to each one individually. So like yes. you have to like stick to your points. But yeah, no, that's probably the the best way. And like, I'm quite a responsive texter. So I do find it incredibly frustrating when other people are very like, oh yeah, it's been, well, no, actually to be fair, I'm either like immediately or like, I'm sorry, it's been six months and I didn't reply to your message. <laughs> I think we all do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the voice notes. It's kind of like the letters as well because it's just, it's, you just get it all said. It reminds me, yesterday I got a voice note from my friend telling me about something about leisure centres <laughs> and it got interrupted halfway through because they saw a cat. <laughs> They're like, oh, cutie. Hang on a minute. And then like finish the voice note later. <laughs> but that's lovely. I, I love that from your friend in Argentina. Cute, yeah. Um, absolutely, do not call me ever. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I will just not pick up, so you can call me if you like. But you know, mm. that. you won't get anywhere with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And video calling. Um, again, I like I like a bit video call, but if I know it's coming, so I can set up my ring light and look gorgeous. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I I cannot understand. I have a friend who video calls everyone all the time. I can't get. I can't understand it. Mm. It's too much. Too much information for me. <laughs> no, yeah, like, because I need to be. If I'm doing a video call, I need to, like, I jokes about the ring light, but I can't. I don't like just sitting and holding my phone towards my mm. face. It feels uncomfortable very quickly. So I do want to have like a bit of a setup and, you know, quiet environment or whatever. Because there's nothing more frustrating. Like even if I've got headphones in, if there's lots of stuff happening around me, we can book in a time. I'll put it in my calendar. <laughs> we'll have a call. No, I'm not that bad. But like, yeah, I'd prefer. I'd love. I do like a video call, but like only if you let me know it's going to happen. Yeah, you got to be in the part of the house with the best Wi-Fi as well. Yeah. yeah. Let's say that as a Virgin Media person whose <laughs> Wi-Fi is not great. I don't know if it's their fault, but they are not going to fix it. So. <laughs> um, so. I would like to know more because basically at this point I would usually ask about dates specifically mm. and how it goes for you to be on a date with somebody, how you behave on a date, la la la. But it seems like dating isn't something that you've really done very much because all of your relationships have come from friendships. Is that true? I mean, yeah, yeah, sort of. And I, you know, that's not to say that like I haven't. Like, especially at that period, at that point when the relationship is then evolving into something else. Mm. Like, there's definitely dates that happen then that are, okay, this is different from we're just friends now, or this is moving into something different. I have, I guess, in that regard, I haven't dated, like, like, I mean, obviously I've been on a few dates with, like, you know, people I don't know that well. But it's just not my favorite thing in the world so I think like even if I was going to go on a date with somebody who isn't a friend or is I don't have a prior relationship with I think I'd want to have some time getting to know them first whether that is just like a few days of texting and stuff back and forth so at least we've got a few things that we know we can talk about or a few kind of like in jokes or mm. things that like or we have an, an idea that our sense of humor and things is maybe a little bit similar or like something that we've connected on a little bit before we just meet up ran like as complete strangers so I think I'd find it very difficult definitely to like set up dates or blind dates or dates with people that I don't know previously yeah. <laughs> that's danger zone yeah yeah um because like somebody was doing it the other day they're like 
oh, I've got a friend, you'd love them. And I'm like, is it just because they are a queer woman? Is that it? Yeah. Is that all you got? And more than likely, mm-hmm. like, we have nothing in common. They probably are a Tory, knowing the person who said it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't trust them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I definitely need a little bit of a, some kind of connection beforehand. And then, like I said, I like kind of going out and doing fun stuff, <laughs> which mm-hmm. sounds, I guess, a bit obvious and a bit dumb but like I know people who do not like doing fun stuff so yeah no I think it needs to be said it's yeah. not a given <laughs> so yeah if I'm going on a date like that whether it's somebody who I really already know that I care about or somebody who I don't know that well and sometimes I think that can feel a little bit overwhelming to people I don't know that well because I'll be like go to a really cool gig but like mm. I was going to go to that gig anyway and I just yeah, want you to come along because exactly. why not this is the thing of like I'm going do you want to come with me like I'm going anyway yeah you can join me if you would like to yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's um, it's a good bet to be doing something on the date rather than just sitting face-to-face because I very rarely sit face-to-face with anyone if I'm not, like, very much in a long-term friendship or relationship with them Yeah. or with a list of questions in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> what would be kind of, like, the ideal environment for you to be on a date with someone with? I think it would probably be like a two prong. So start with some kind of uh, like I go to the theater quite a lot. Yes. Yeah, so something like that, like theater or even like comedy or something is always a good one uh, because obviously it kind of, you know, gives you something to talk about and mm. gives you even if you it ends up you that you like have nothing in common and there's no spark or whatever. You can at least have this exterior thing that you can talk about or external yeah. thing that you can delve into and share your opinions and your thoughts on. And that then obviously leads to like deeper conversations or conversations that illuminate like other elements of your beliefs or personality or whatever. So yeah, I think I'm, again, because that's the sort of stuff that I like doing anyway. So it is maybe also a little bit of a like, not a test, but just a like, are we going to, are you going to be into the things that I'm into in a way of like exploring that before we dive into, you know, deeper conversations. But then, yeah, definitely having that time to talk and get to know people deeper afterwards and stuff. Mm. Um, So probably initially it would just be, um, you know, a few drinks after something like that. But then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm also like up for like, you know, there's loads of like random immersive shit that happens or like, there's always like a gallery opening somewhere and things like that. Mm. Um, so I'm down for just doing things that are a little bit like more than just like, oh, let's have a nice dinner and whatever mm. else. Like I think for me, like a nice sit down dinner is like a date number like three or four rather yeah. than like initial ones. It's so strange that that is kind of considered to be the first date. Yeah. But that that is a bananas thing to do with somebody that you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like super intense. One of your three meals of the day? Come on. <laughs> I like that, not as a test, but just to see if they like the same things as you. Because there's some, as you were saying, I was like, okay, there's definitely some things that you don't have to have in common. But going to the theatre, if you loved going to the theatre and you had a partner who didn't love it, yeah, that would be annoying. Like yeah. That would just be a bit irritating because one of the things that you love doing that can be, like, expensive as well, yeah. that you end up doing without them and they're just doing their own thing at the same time. Yeah, and, I mean, it's something that I'm so passionate about and, like, enthusiastic. Like, it, it brings me so much joy that if I couldn't share that with my partner, then I would be a bit like, well, yeah, what is this? This isn't really... Mm. How's that going to work long-term? But I don't want to, like, shut people down or be like... Like you said, it's an expensive thing. It's a thing that... Maybe some people just haven't been to a lot of theatre in their life and actually 
not that I'm, you know, going like this great, oh, I'm going to expose you to this new magical world. Of Let me teach Escapism, you. like, gross. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just kind of like, for me, sometimes, like, I'm very open as well for, to, for people to, like, if there's activities and things that they like doing. So that's something that I maybe don't do as much of. Like, you know, everyone got into, like, the roller skating hype, like, over lockdown and stuff. But, like, you know, you have a pair of roller skates. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, if somebody was, like, super into something, especially something active, that I wouldn't necessarily choose to do myself. But I mm. really would want to get involved with that just because they're hyped about it yeah and I think that's the main thing actually is not even regardless of like what whether you have a, a pre-existing interest in something but if you're kind of willing to be like excited or enthusiastic or interested in something because I'm interested in it and vice versa like I want to be excited about what you're into also mm. and we don't always have to do that together like that can still be your thing but it would be nice to be able to like understand why you're so passionate about something or so yeah. into something. yeah I'm wondering actually as well I want to talk about the kinds of topics and the kinds of conversations that kind of like really switch you on to someone and I'm wondering if like because of what you said do you just really enjoy hearing about other people's passions yeah definitely that's like the most exciting thing to me like you know we don't have to share things we don't have to have the exact same interests at all in fact I find it very exciting when somebody can tell me about their interests and get me excited or at least demonstrate why they're so passionate about it and I can be excited that they're excited like yeah. um, I'm basically just like a puppy and I just want people to like pat me on the head and like <laughs> tell me like I'm a good boy and <laughs> so it's like if you are sharing like your passion your enthusiasm I'm gonna be like yeah I'm excited too that's mm. so great for you um, uh, so yeah I think you definitely need to be able to talk about like what you're into and you know not everybody has a like creative job or whatever but I think if you don't have things that you're passionate about, then, yeah, again, I mean, I don't really, not to pass judgments on anybody, because I know mm. that's some people, but, like, maybe not for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I work in, like, uh, equality, diversity, inclusion and stuff, and I don't like having conversations like that, like, in social situations, because mm. it's what I do all day, and it's also just a really draining topic, and so I'm very weary of especially if I was like didn't know somebody that well or it's like a very early meeting like in some ways obviously you want to discern someone's politics and someone's like understanding of the world and like you know um conversations about things like race and and like you know even like attitudes towards like sexuality and, and gender and things like that but I don't like it's kind of a weird one like I do want to know but I don't want to spend an entire the entire time talking about that kind of stuff and what happens to me very often and like even sometimes with like friends and things is that because this is something that's quite exciting for them because they're they don't spend you know all day talking mm. about it and thinking about it and being impacted by this stuff. It's like quite exciting to have somebody who maybe like does have a certain level of like specialism in this in in terms of their work and stuff, and so they want to talk about it all the time. But I'm a bit like, whoa, I'm so drained from talking about this all the time. Yeah, yeah, you should invoice them. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my god, yeah. But yeah, so like it's, it's that's a weird one because I do want to have the conversation. Um, and I do think it's important to have those conversations very early on because, yeah, you don't want to get into like day, you know, four, five, six down the line and then find out that we're going to come back to it, that they are in fact a Tory. But, <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, you it's a it's a dicey one. And I don't want to I wouldn't want, like want to write somebody off as well just because like they said something or whatever. But I mean, depending on what they said. Yeah. But 
yeah, I mean, all this, all those conversations are obviously very tricky to have when, with somebody that you don't know that well anyway. But at the same time, like, I think maybe I take for granted to a certain extent that, like, within my little queer bubble, most of the people I know and even, like, mutual friends and stuff share similar beliefs and similar, like, approaches to the world. So it's almost like, oh, maybe I don't have to have those conversations initially, but I probably, probably, you always do, don't you? Mm. It, it always comes up or you're... You finish the date and you're like, hmm, what did you mean by that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it sucks to like start to like somebody and then find out that their politics are not great or that even if they have a lot of learning to do because that's not, I mean, that is your job, but <laughs> that's not your job to them, you know? Yeah, and I think that's another major thing actually is that like there's been like a kind of huge leaps for me personally in the last couple of years where I am I'm a lot more vocal about things to do with like my race for example and it's like I need to be able to be with somebody who can have conversations about that and isn't going to get like defensive or feel like they are being attacked like basically somebody and this is goes across like whatever race people's are but to feel like they are also on this journey around things like that mm. and because I'm I'm on a journey as well I don't have all the answers to anything I'm still trying to figure out you know, what I'm doing and how I'm contributing to the world and stuff mm. around that. But I absolutely need to be with somebody who, yeah, is kind of well on their journey as well around yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, like meeting you where you are rather than being like, hey, can I catch up with you? Like, can you bring me into your space? Yeah, and it's a weird one because also, like I said, like I've got so much to learn and I don't ever want to come into something and presuming like I am the authority on anything because I like don't know anything about nothing. Mm. But like, <laughs> you know, there's there's just certain, there's definitely like a certain point that like, especially at this stage after everything that's happened in the last couple of years where I think it's like a baseline that, yeah, like you kind of just need to at least be here as your starting point like mm. you know have taken some time to do some self-reflection and some thinking about like you know privilege and all the rest of it and and also just doing that kind of introspection like generally you know post-covid or throughout COVID, like lockdowns and stuff mm. because yeah like if I you haven't done that yeah, what have you been time. doing? What have you been doing? I know people who were like, I've just been so bored during COVID. I didn't, you know, I didn't really do much. Didn't, and I was like, I was having existential crises every like two every two hours. What do you? What did you do? How did you avoid the void? Yeah. Come on. I mean, in general, I think when it comes to a lot of things in relationships, I'm just speaking from a place of having dated somebody who was like really not on the same page as me on some things and then to date somebody who is is like a completely new experience like yeah. you feel like you can there's like a potential for growth together but yeah it's tricky do you have like a record a recording of one of your talks or your workshops or something you could just send to them be like here's an intro course <laughs> do you know what me? literally um I did that with one of my friends when yes. I was explaining to them about my top surgery and stuff and then we had a conversation around gender and it literally was like okay do you want me to give you a workshop it's just like kind of actually <laughs> Um, and it was really cute it was a good chat by the end of it and I kind of did a mini like condensed version yeah. but it really was like literally this is how I would present to clients <laughs> when I'm presenting to you yeah I, I think it, it would be a good filter to send people like workshop or talk recordings yeah, that's or like hot, invite yeah. them to, the, to your next one and be like okay. and, and then if they're not into it then I think that's a, a red flag <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I might not be doing that. <laughs> Are there? So if that's something that you really don't enjoy talking about, like it's more of a necessity rather than a fun way to connect with someone what are fun ways for you to connect with people obviously it seems like you can get down with whatever somebody else is interested in but is there anything that when it comes up you're like yes yes I'm so glad I have so much to say I can't wait to hear what you have to say like let's get into this I mean to be fair I don't want to shut down that whole like conversation about things like I think maybe from the like heavy weighty perspective of let's dismantle like racism and like you know, things like that. Like, obviously, that's no fun. But um, I've, like, recently met, like, a group of people and, like, um, where literally we just sat down and kind of this group of black queer people and we just talked about, like, our experiences in everything from, like, the church growing up to, you know, kind of identity and not feeling black enough and in certain spaces because of our queerness and things like that and just, like, being able to connect and relate to people on, um, you know, talking about our race but talking about it in a very, like... Uh, talking about like the hardships and difficulties of that we face because of racism and and within like black spaces and stuff but then also talking about the like celebratory aspect of things Mm. as well and being able to like actually just hold space with people who who understand some of these experiences and allow me to to reflect and to feel like I'm I kind of heard which is not a space that I'm in very often so that was incredible and if I can do that with somebody and I have been able to do that with people before and connect with people and in some of my relationships that has been like the deepest connection point is being Mm. able to talk about hard subjects but like where we're connecting uh, over it and where we're able to discuss the good and the bad Mm. um so yeah like I guess on that conversation around like race and and politics and that and and personal I guess perspectives of the world I don't want to like shut it down completely and I think there are a, definitely really important conversations to be had about that but conversations that also excite me um yeah and when, when we're having them as well and when I do like when we can find some common ground and, and shared experiences like that definitely does help me click with people what else what else am I into I guess just around things like art and culture and things like that like if I can hang out with somebody and it does you don't even have to like go to lots of fancy shows and stuff all the mm. time but actually it's more about like the opinions that you can have about things and if we can have a deep or like pseudo intellectual chat because I like to pretend I'm deep, but actually I'm a real shallow puddle. Um, but like, if we can have just like a bit of a interesting conversation, or you present like a different perspective about something we've seen together, or maybe like a you know popular piece of art, or somebody like maybe follow somebody on Instagram who's like does you know dope like photography or something, mm. and you can just tell me like what you find interesting about that. I find that really just exciting. Um, mm. So I guess it's, again, it comes back to that thing, that point around, like, passion and just, it's not even really what people are talking about, but maybe just, like, that you are excited about something yeah. gets me excited. And, like, the way that they're excited about it. So when, when you mean kind of, like, um, having pseudo-intellectual conversations about, like, a show, for example, is this about everything around the show, like, all, like the context, like the implications like an analysis of of what it means and and stuff like that it's a little bit of that yeah like you know you don't have to you know sit here and quote blah 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 who said this or whatever (laughs) like I kind of hate that like I don't it's like when we talk about pseudo-intellectuals that's exactly what I mean is and I have been in conversations with people who like 
think they're saying something just because they can quote a bunch of people who said yeah. it before. It's like, but you're not saying anything. Tell mm. me what you think. And that can be like, I really like the costumes. They reminded me of these other, you know, this traditional costume that I saw here or when I was traveling, I mm. saw this, like, whatever. If it sparks, like, a deep, a, a bigger conversation, basically, yeah, like, that's kind of what I'm into. And that doesn't mean you have to be, like, to have these, like, super intellectual uh, understandings of whatever, mm. you know, this piece is and what it means in this context or whatever. You can just relate it to your own context or relate it yeah. to, like, you know, something that's happening in the world or whatever. And... Yeah, so I guess like I'm like interested in what your experience of that thing is, rather mm. than like oh we have to place it in this like yeah like super like oh we need to intellectualize it or yeah. talk about it in a certain language or whatever. I love that. I think that's great. Kind of just finding out how their brain is enjoying it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like what, what what connections has it made for you and. Okay, nice. And, like especially if it, if you can then relate it to like I don't know when I was a kid. My grandmother had something that was like the, you know, hanging up on her wall that was like of this thing. Like that brings out, you know, that allows them to reflect on their own experience a little bit. And like, and then if they share that with me, I feel like that's like a really nice way of getting to know somebody as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting to know their, not only how they feel about something, but their past as well. Yeah. I know that you're not really interested in dating right now. If like, if it happens, it happens. But when you are in a place to be kind of looking for somebody to form a long-term relationship with, what do you think your biggest barriers will be? <laughs> that I'm best friends with all my exes. <laughs> How many barriers is that? <laughs> um, moving slowly. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, God, I don't know. I really, I I don't know. I guess the thing that I'm worried about a little bit is that, like, I feel like I'm 10 years behind all of my, like, cis straight friends who are, you know, on child number two and three and all oh have, yeah, it's terrifying, um, and, you know, have houses and husbands and uh, it's kind of, like... I'm in a different life phase to them. And I guess, but and there's like a bit of a sense of urgency around that because it's almost like, oh, okay, I've maybe the last couple of years just got to a place where maybe I can, I want those things and I can, I'm trying to get myself into a position to have some of those things, but I'm also like quite far behind. So there's this weird sense of like, okay, if I, I'm with somebody, this stuff has to happen relatively soon and quite quickly. And obviously that would is quite a lot, you know, it's not a great first day chat. Like, when are you available to have a baby? <laughs> Let's go. Um, How's your credit? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I, I'm, I guess, and I, I don't ever want to be the sort of person who is kind of like pressurizing things with a sense of urgency because, and like, obviously I don't even want to do that for myself, but I certainly don't want to do that to somebody else in a relationship. Mm. And I kind of, I'm trying to be super conscious of it, yeah, like for myself to make sure that I'm not putting weird pressures on myself or feeling really crap about the fact that I am single. But 
sometimes it just happens naturally, doesn't it? Or you, you do put pressure on relationships yeah. because you want things to move maybe a bit faster. Or if you meet somebody who might be incredible, but they're just not at that same stage of life yet, then like kind of what happened? Um, and is it worth that's waiting hard. a bit? Or like, I don't know if that's kind of a deal breaker for me. I haven't really worked that out yet. So I guess that's what I'm most concerned about. And I guess the barrier in that is myself, uh, but um, it always is. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> the answer is always you. You're the problem. No. <laughs> so it seems like you're worried about acting out of fear of being behind rather than acting how you would like to. So being having a sense of urgency because of that, when you would actually like to take things gently and at a nice pace does that sound about right yeah I think that I worry that I would let the external voices get in the way and make me feel like I have to drive things in a certain way Mm. that I don't like if I sat by myself and I lived in a little bubble and wasn't impacted by you know our heteronormative cisnormative patriarchal Mm. blah 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 world as to where I should be at this stage of life and whatever that I probably wouldn't be as concerned about. But yeah, there's, it's hard to step away from that and it's hard to ignore. And like at the end of the day, there's even certain like biological things that I've got going on now, which I'm trying to understand because there's definitely things that I didn't care that much about five years ago, 10 years ago. And now I'm like, without sounding a little bit ridiculous, like my womb and my ovaries are very much like, yes, where's our baby? Where's our baby? We need the baby now. Where is the baby? we've been trying every month (laughs) we're like knock knock here we are and still you haven't given us a baby what's going on Um, yeah yeah so even like you know that kind of thing which is obviously ridiculous and absurd and not um, ridiculous or absurd (laughs) okay not just me then also our bodies are kind of run on hormones more than we realize like Mm. hormones wake us up and put us to sleep and like help our food digest and everything so feeling like your hormones have an impact on you is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, know? I've been affirmed in that. Great, thank Especially you. Especially if there's like lots of babies around you, if you're, all your friends that are doing that right now. Yeah. The babies are very cute. They are very cute. I was baby out early and he just had his tummy out. I was like, what? Oh. What are you doing? What are you doing, baby? <laughs> he was very proud of it. Yeah. And, and especially when you're in a place where you're doing a lot of work on yourself and you kind of like, I don't know if this is true of you, I think this is true of most of us, are kind of like healing from our own parenting mm-hmm. and kind of can see how you would be very good at raising a baby. It can like really get into your mind about it, you know? Or at least not quite as bad. Yeah. <laughs> that is good enough. <laughs> a little bit better every time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's the sense of urgency and how you're going to react to that that worries you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, and like with all the self-reflection and introspective work and everything that I'm trying to do at the moment, I think I will be able to recognise it and um, hopefully, uh, you know, write long letters to prospective partner (laughs) about it. yeah, I'm definitely more conscious of of that and of, of the fact that that is a little bit of a concern and that I will be able to talk that through if, you know, with anybody that I might potentially be mm. at that stage with or at like a slightly more serious, serious stage of, of you know, relationship with. Mm. 
Yeah, like you have more of the tools to be able to actually communicate about that with them. Mm, definitely. And I, I think if they are the right person, they will be able to like pacify that and to like make me feel a little bit more uh, like, okay, just chill out, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's happening, all right? Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the kind of like introspective tools and the communication tools will be useful. Is there anything that you are doing at the moment, like any kind of thought work or do you have any responses for the voices like in your head or out in the world that encourage a sense of urgency? Do you have like any self-soothing with that? Oh, to like counter that sense Mm. of urgency. I mean, I hang out with a lot of other queers in their late 30s who are mm. also ridiculous nonsense people <laughs> who are like adult babies who, mm. so I feel a little bit better about myself because I'm like oh it's not just me mm. we're all a bit of a mess <laughs> um, mm. but you know like there's what it's like with a queer temporality and those kind of conversations and stuff where at the end of the day I guess I've just tried to like beat myself up a bit less about the things that have happened in my life to mean that I'm at the stage where I'm at Mm. and even within some of those relationships like I think prior to maybe the last couple years when I've started doing this work I would just reflect on like a lot of the negative and even though I I still maintain relationships with with a lot of these people I would still be very much like I did x y and z wrong I ruined the relationship I did all these negative Mm. things and now I think I'm just trying to be a little bit kinder to myself in like okay, but these are the circumstances in which this happened Mm -hmm. and these are the ways in which you can take responsibility for some of the things that you did and some of your actions, but that doesn't mean that you're just a terrible person. Um, And there's still a lot of, like, learning to come from that. So in my approach to, yeah, like, I guess when these feelings start to rear their head now, it is, is a little bit like you have the power to create the things that you want in life, uh, as a starter. So if you did, for example, want to be in a relationship and, and in a position to start say having kids in a couple of years a there's a couple of options there's other routes that you can take mm. you don't necessarily have to be in a relationship obviously b like you can still get yourself into a position where that could be possible if you did meet the right person so yeah. you know financially emotionally everything else and like just like cut myself a little bit of slack and like reflecting mm. on the things that i have achieved in life and the things that i've done to get to the point where i'm at now and just being a bit gentler with myself around that kind of stuff and yeah, it kind of soothes it a little bit. It makes me feel a bit like, yeah. And also, I mean, also I just talk to some of my friends sometimes and they're like, oh no, you're still a nonsense person. You just now have children also. Yeah. So actually it's not like you're like, you know, super mature and adult and responsible. And that's why, you you know, you, you're still my like idiot 12 year old friend kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. also how you, it's easy to focus on the negative and maybe neutralizing those a bit helps. But also like, all of the positive things that will make it easier to like have the relationship you want that are because of how you've lived your life until now you know like things that you wouldn't have done if you'd gotten into a serious relationship earlier and gone down that route you know yeah like how that time has been spent because I mean you said that nonsense person and like your friends and you're all messes and stuff but you don't seem very much like a mess to me (laughs) thank you I will receive that (laughs) um but yeah and like at the end of the day I am having a laugh like my life's quite Mm. fun at the minute like there's it's not completely fun there's a lot of really difficult tough shit going on 
But I think my approach to it is very different from what it would have been even like this time last year. Yeah. Um, and definitely prior to that in my life. And so like I was saying kind of earlier on, like I think I my attitude to things is to try and be a little bit more like I'm yeah, present in the moment. I'm trying to find the joy in every moment. And like that means reflecting on, on yeah, stuff that's happened in the past and finding joy in that now. And so like, yeah, my life at the moment is in many ways the best it's ever been in terms of like, mm. I've got a lot more stability in like work and stuff. I've got more stability in like myself, I think, and in my friendships, my other relationships. And so I also just want to be grateful for that mm. and be and grateful, like, I guess to myself a little bit that like I kind of got myself here through quite a lot of crap. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you made you made it all happen. It's you me, know? all me. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like when you said about being nonsense, it's like you have your own business that's like very important and like quite taxing. And you literally have... taxing. <laughs> <laughs> I just paid my taxes. I was oh like, <laughs> yeah, worst part of the year. And like interests and a vibrant social life and. I think it's very easy for us to call ourselves like messes or nonsense or, you know, like these one words that kind of describe a very small part of how we feel. But it's um, this you, you seem to be like in a really good position to ha- have a relationship, because like you said about being present in the moment, I think <clears throat> if you're not comfortable being present in the moment, it's really difficult to have a relationship because you first of all, it's difficult to be present with them after like the initial hormone spike of like the first couple of weeks wears off. But also it's really hard to tell if you're attracted to them and like want to move towards them or if you just are trying to move away from yourself Mm. (laughs) towards distraction and like something to take you out of the present moment. So I think this work that you've done on yourself will create a lot of clarity when you do come to look for partners when you do come to like try and figure out if you like someone and where something's going I wanted to ask you as well if there's anything about dating for you at this point in life that you want to talk about that I haven't asked about yet I don't know I don't know I mean I guess an interesting point is that like relating to well, no, there's a couple of things. So basically, just going off what you were saying just now, or the end, like that ending there, is that like, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, like I do recognize that my life is kind of, yeah, I feel happier in myself than I mm. definitely ever have, and like I am like very appreciative of the life that I like, get to live, and even you know being able to be a queer person in uh, like a queer black person in London, uh, knowing that I you know, I'm I'm half Gambian and half Liberian and I grew up in Senegal and I could have spent, like, the rest of my life in Senegal, which mm. is not, like, the worst place uh, to be an LGBTQ plus person, but it's also has, like, its own set of difficulties, especially because I'm quite, like, masculine presenting and visibly queer. And so, like, you know, there's so many things, like, I, I have, like, friendship groups and I'm able to and have access to things like theatre and mm-hmm. gigs and all those things where I was saying. So I, I'm definitely very appreciative of the life that I have and definitely a lot of the work that I've done to create that life for myself but also the parts of it that are a little bit just like luck of the draw Mm. um and 
So I guess like when we're talking about like, and when I was speaking about like uh, introspection and you know people meeting me where I'm at and doing some of that like work around privilege and stuff, like that's work that I also do mm. like on a regular basis. Um, and I, I am also just very grateful to be where I'm at. Um, and also, like I said, like for the hard work that I've got to get here, but also just like, yeah, I, I like you're saying, I use word like nonsense and mess and stuff, but actually in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, my life is kind of, it's pretty all right. Like mm. I can't complain about it. And it's pretty together. I don't know about that. But like, <laughs> and, but I do want to emphasize that, you know, there's lots of other like quite serious and heavy stuff going on. Uh, like it has, it is just like my attitude as well has changed, and part of that is definitely about gratitude. So I think mm-hmm. it's definitely important to express that um, because I don't want to feel like I'm like I I actually feel super positive about everything, and I feel mm-hmm. super positive even about my decision to say, right, I'm not necessarily ready to date or a proactively date. Like maybe something like if you know if the love of my life wants to fall into my lap, I'm not going to say no. But um, <laughs> but you know I. Uh, yeah, like I think even making that decision and being able to say that, but being very clear about my reasons behind that, and also, but also not being shut down to it mm-hmm. as well. I don't know. It is all about my attitude. And when I think about, I guess who I would potentially date, I think and and how that a new and the next relationship could potentially happen, especially like a serious one. I think previously I would have been a bit like somebody likes me oh my god I've got to like them back and I've got to like Mm. give up everything to be with them because I'm so undeserving of love and affection and attention that if anybody is showing me that I need to like be super grateful for it Mm. and actually I think part of why I'm giving myself the space is not like because I want to shut down on the idea of love Mm. it is more that like actually I want to make sure that if I do get with somebody and regardless of it that's a short-term fling or you know becomes like one relationship that I'm in forever or maybe there's multiple people who knows I don't even know (laughs) Um, but that if that happens that I'm like entering it in a really healthy open positive way because it also benefits me and I can express my needs and I can be the best version of myself for that person and I can also ask them to be that version for me and Mm. we can support each other to grow and to continue uh, developing into that um, in a like supportive mutual way rather than being like just grateful that somebody wants to be with me yeah exactly it's such a different energy were there any other things that you wanted to say about dating uh what else <laughs> what else I guess like a, a kind of exciting and maybe interesting part of the concept of dating at the moment is like so I had the surgical procedure at the beginning of the year and in many ways it was like a like it's this thing that I've wanted my whole life that I never thought was going to be possible and then literally from like the moment that I came across the possibility that this surgical procedure existed Mm. to having it was six months and like it was super fast and super like oh crap like yeah but like and through you know support from like friends and community and stuff for like the fundraising but also like emotional support throughout that whole period I was able to like get myself there in a really healthy way and in a way that like actually if I'd come across this surgery and wanted to get it done two years ago I don't think I would have gone into it in a very positive headspace Mm. I think I would have gone into it in a way of like I hate my body and I finally get to change it yeah whereas now like as soon as I came across it and like booked that surgery there was like this weird sense of like I'm kind of stepping into myself 
And regardless of what happens in my body, so even if I, I'm not for whatever reason able to have this procedure, I actually suddenly feel so much more present and content and happy in the body that I have mm. and like feel like blessed and again, grateful that I get to like be in this body. Um, and then, you know, then I was able to have the procedure and like, I feel even more like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite an exciting, I guess, place to be in myself and then with the prospect of like dating new people and, you know, potentially, I guess, like sharing my body with new people <laughs> and stuff is like quite, um, again, it's always terrifying. All of it is terrifying, mm. but it also feels kind of interesting and exciting because I think I've only ever felt able to be really safe with people in those close relationships that I've been in previously, mm. uh, both like emotionally, obviously, but also like even just physically with my body. And whereas now it feels like kind of an interesting opportunity to explore things that I might have been reluctant to explore before or that I wouldn't have trust. Like I would have felt like I have to, I can only do this with a person that I'm deeply in love with. Yeah. Whereas now I feel a bit more like I love myself. I don't think I've ever said that out loud before. Wow. <laughs> um, and I love like my body and I love the way like like if I'm going to be with anybody regardless if it's like you know a one-time thing or long-term whatever I need them to be enthusiastically in love with my body as mm. I am and like hype about it and like ranting and raving about it and like because <laughs> it's great it's fantastic it's very exciting <laughs> um, but like yeah that's quite a big a massive massive shift in my approach to myself, my understanding of myself, and then definitely will impact my approach to relationships and stuff as well. Mm. Because again, I think there has always been some level of like, oh, I'm lucky that somebody's even looking at me or yeah. wants to be with me or is looking past everything that is, you know, society's told me is negative or gross about my body. And actually I'm like, no, it's pretty great. And also it's just a body, like who cares? Mm. Um, and but yeah, I think that's quite a big thing of that's like, I want people to be, as enthusiastic, actually, you know, this you don't even have to be in a relationship with me. I just want you to be enthusiastic <laughs> about my body, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. That's like, that's an incredible place to be. I'm really happy for you to feel that way about yourself and also to feel that way about like going back into dating. It sounds like kind of similar to the way that you felt going, like, when first finding out about the, the surgery, like the different way that you felt about your body in that moment. Kind of like the prospect of something changing made you appreciate you, yourself and your current situation, and it seems like maybe that's what's happening with dating as well. Like because you have come to like a good place in your current situation, you're like excited about a change, but the change doesn't feel like it has to happen right mm. now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I until you meet up with one of your friends who has a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I might leave with their baby. <laughs> See, baby theft is always an option. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I feel like they'd be like, "Oh my god, please take it." <laughs> like it's quite it's quite a nice place to be. Like I never want to, you know, have that feeling. Like and like let's let's don't get me wrong. There are plenty of moments when it is very lonely hmm. and it is very like everybody around me has babies and families and or is at least in relationships and seems really secure and settled and has an idea of what's going to happen with their future and stuff. And I don't have a clue. Mm. 
But that's uh, like, again, like six months ago, that would have been a terrifying place to be in. And now it's kind of like, well, that kind of means that anything can happen. Mm. And that's kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm not as scared about it. And I mean, that definitely comes from, like I said, the, this like gratitude place of knowing that I'm in a relatively stable position in other ways. And like, yeah, like I've got, you know, a good uh, like some friends support friendship support system and some really incredible people around me who I know care about me very deeply mm. and yeah like even having a bit of a financial safety net with work and stuff or at least I guess something that I'm building on or having like some kind of like vision or passion with my work that mm. I know I feel is going to lead to somewhere relatively stable it's all yeah it's exciting and it's a new place to be in like so even though there have been super lonely moments since, like, I came out of, like, this quite major surgical procedure and was basically in recovery alone. And I had lots of friends, like, kind of dropping by and, mm. um, you know, just checking in and stuff. But it was still, like, some very difficult moments where I was, it was, and very poignant moments where I was very conscious of the fact that I didn't have a partner who was there to, like, even, so my stitches go all the way around my back and mm. I can't quite reach them when I'm trying to um, moisturize or put my, my, uh, scarf strips on mm. and so things like that we were like oh well, wow I'm, I am really alone and sometimes that is terrifying and deeply sad mm. and like you know sometimes I'll have like tickets to something cool and I'm like everybody I ask is busy with a partner or mm. isn't available and like so these low moments do happen and I don't want it to be like I'm kind of completely like frivolous and everything's la-di-da and great in my life like um <laughs> there's plenty of things that are not like that are that are whoa um but also like at the same time like I guess it's like I was saying about being present that I whereas previously I would have been like actively searching for something to take those feelings away mm. and to not have to sit with loneliness what I'm trying to do now is to be like okay Yes, you are very lonely. <laughs> this is very sad. But um, so what can you do in this moment? And sometimes that is just sitting with it and having a little cry. Sometimes it's like I'll do a meditation or I'll go for a walk mm. or like <laughs> see a Pornhub saying. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, but like and just taking a minute, though, to say, OK, like this isn't a bad feeling. This isn't like the worst feeling. Also, it's a feeling that will pass. Mm. Um, and then you will have these like great, really joyous moments where you do look around and you will be really appreciative of the people around you and things like that. Mm. So it's okay to acknowledge that these things can be really hard and difficult sometimes, but that isn't a reason to like jump into the next thing that comes along just because it comes yeah. along. And it sounds like you've also had like such poignant proof that you can rely on yourself and that, those moments don't have to be minimized how that can feel how it can feel like life or death you know mm -hmm. and your body reacts that way as well sometimes so you've had kind of like once you prove to yourself that oh no I can survive it it's okay it will pass and I will still be here mm -hmm. that's a really good place to be I want to know how you feel after talking to me about this um, slightly terrified of all my best friends slash ex-girlfriends listening to it. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh God, did I say anything negative about anyone? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't think you really um, went into too much detail about anyone else, like, in the relationships. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what I want to do. Like, at the end of the day, this is about me, and I don't, like, 
have a right to speak for anybody else and even like other people's actions and how they might have impacted me like at the end of the day the impact is on me and so I don't need to go into definitely don't need to go into like detail of things but I don't need to uh, I guess like make presumptions about other people's emotions Uh, I can only talk about how things impacted me Mm. I guess yeah, but I, I feel really good. I feel like I've kind of worked through loads. Literally, mm. it was like, I already had therapy this week, but like, <laughs> this is great. Um, but no, it's like, it's also quite nice just to, I guess, like, it, I think about relationships and I think about, you know, I, I thought about dating and like, you know, the various methods in which one could, I'd potentially do that now. And like, if I was going to go on dating apps or whatever, like what apps would I get on? Or, you know, is there anybody that I have, might have clicked with previously that I haven't been able to explore because mm. I've been in relationships or whatever. Um, and so you think about these things, I guess, kind of like in isolated little pockets or in like abstract kind of ways, but it's interesting to just sit down and reflect specifically on relationships and where I'm at with that and stuff mm. for an extended period of time. Yeah, and I'm I'm really grateful for you doing that as well because not only is it a very lovely and generous way to spend your evening afternoon evening like sharing with me and answering my questions I'm very personally grateful and then I'm also very grateful because I know a lot of people that will really benefit from things that you've said Um, I know a lot of people that are in a place where you have been and kind of can't fathom that it might change so Mm also very grateful on their behalf as well <laughs> uh, anytime i will chat shit about myself all day long uh, anytime anyone this wants was to know. yeah this was chatting shit <laughs> <laughs> we got through a lot of shit <laughs> yeah plowed through it um yeah thank you very much for reaching out and um asking to come because i wasn't really sure what to expect i have wanted to talk to somebody um, about dating yeah. on the podcast, about like their experiences as well. But yeah, I wasn't sure what to express. I wasn't sure what you were expecting either. <laughs> but I think that that was a good thing that we neither of us knew what to expect because we got here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how helpful this would be as like a matchmaking service that I'm like, I'm just terrified <laughs> a bit of dating actually. <laughs> no, it's also given me a lot to think about with, because um, I, I, I do... There are lots of people that I work with that don't want to date people that they haven't kind of got some kind of connection with, like, by messaging. And so I kind of, like, give people each other's numbers or um, WhatsApps or whatever um, so they can get to know each other a bit before the date. But, yeah, I think that this has given me a lot to think about, about how I can best serve people when giving them a match. And it's so interesting. Nobody else hears all of this information about anyone else. Mm. Um, and everyone is different. And nobody knows that everyone is different. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, okay, this is the normal way to communicate and everyone should communicate like this. And if they don't, it means that they hate me and I'm terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and yeah. also, like, the whole thing of um, loving to hear what other people are passionate about. That That is me. I love that. I will listen to, like, a deep dive analysis on some tv show that i've never watched from mm. specifically my friend george thank you george and some people are like no I, I if they're talking about something i haven't heard of that's rude it's like <laughs> it's not rude it's just different people are different you know yeah. and i think this is going to be uh, a really useful lesson for a lot of people so thank you oh absolute pleasure <laughs> i hope you enjoyed this 
episode of the podcast um if you did please let me know on instagram if you have questions that you want to be featured in future podcasts send them in and if you want to hire me as your matchmaker you can also find the links in my instagram <laughs>